0: Knock knock. Who's there? Memoirs of a modern marriage.
1: Memoirs of a modern marriage who?
0: Memoirs of a modern marriage dot com.
1: Oh shit, you mean I can go to the site and request to be a guest? Fuck yeah.
0: If you want to get in on this nonsensical conversation, hop onto our site and request to be a guest today.
1: Bonus points if you're a furry couple. Also, don't forget to check us out on our social media sites. Links are in the description.
0: Now get ready to start your week off meh.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Memoirs of a Modern Marriage. We are your hosts. My name is Dave.
0: And I'm Liz.
1: And with us today is a very special guest. Say hello to Emery. Hi. Hi, Emery. So, um, Emery and I are co-workers, actually. Um, I trained Emery, and Emery is here to basically just kind of give us a story so uh everybody just sit back relax and check it out (laughs) that's a throwback by the way another another podcaster yeah i know
0: (laughs) everybody take a deep breath (sighs) let's begin
1: hammer you did not take a deep breath (laughs) So, um, can you tell me, first things first, what kind of movies you were into? Like growing up or? No, just like, you know, do you watch any now?
2: Um, Occasionally. Okay. Um,
1: you seem like the romantic comedy type.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like movies with car chases.
1: Okay, so like Fast and Furious style movies, the earlier
2: Fast and Furious though, yeah, Yeah.
1: not like I don't know what is it up to twenty now. I don't even know
0: at this point. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: I mean Vin Diesel is like kind of like Vin Gasoline now or some shit,
0: (laughs) something like that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's funny because like he's always like ripped in those movies, but then you see like pictures of him in between. He's got like the beer belly, and (laughs) yeah,
1: he's just like.
0: Spray paint on those abs for the
1: movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, movie magic these but just days. just
0: if Vin Diesel's listening, I'm sorry, because I kind of like you. You're awesome. So, like, no hate.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's made a career out of being, like, you know, ripped. And then you see yeah. pictures of him, and he's not. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of deceiving.
2: Yeah. But,
1: like, what kind of, like, the Italian job and shit like that?
2: Yeah, just... Stuff like that. um, Anything where there's a lot of action. I like those sorts of things.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, you did mention growing up. um, Like, did you ever get to watch TV growing up?
2: No. Um, Well, nothing that you would recognize as TV. Um, We didn't have TV. We didn't really watch it. But, like, occasionally we would be allowed to watch these, like, uber Christian TV shows um like salty the singing songbook, oh, I've done those musicals in church. <laughs> you should check out uh the great satan It's a movie, and it mm-hmm. takes clips of those old t v shows that I used to watch and mixes them with b rated horror films. love it, yes, <laughs> it's fantastic,
1: so that's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that um b rated horror movies are Liz and i's favorite, yep. What was your favorite B-rated horror movie?
0: Um I don't know. I liked uh you know what one was like super cheesy and awful, but it was kind of funny.
1: Pants. Pants, yeah. About killer pants. President Star <laughs> da!
0: President's Da President's da! Star
1: <laughs>
0: I can't believe I bought that movie. Oh my god. And we haven't
1: watched it. I watched it. Oh I watched it without you. Jesus Christ, woman. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> so yeah, you didn't watch any t v unless it was like christian related,
2: yeah, and that was mostly like at other people's houses or at church, um okay. stuff like that, but we didn't have t v um we kind of lived in the middle of nowhere without much of anything mm-hmm. um we were a very secluded mm-hmm. religion, um very insular, I guess they would say, um. Even more so than most people who belong to the church that I belong to.
1: So it was kind of like a commune?
2: Kind of. Um, it was mostly like there were a few families that just were kind of out. We didn't have like city water, city plumbing, um, electricity for most of my growing up. You know, anything wow. like that.
0: Right. And you're our age, right? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I'll be
2: 41 in July.
0: Wow. So, I know, like, for, like, our age group, most of what we talk about is kind of, like, pop culture references. So, have you tried to kind of, like, catch up on some of the stuff, maybe, that, like, you m- c- missed growing up or... So, that's actually really funny
2: because I, I left the cults in um 2008, 2009. I left mm-hmm. in 2009. And... Didn't have any idea where to start with anything. Mm Because at this point, you know, I didn't have any background at all to go on. I had Mm -hmm. three little kids and, you know, Mm -hmm. suddenly by myself and walking away from everything I'd ever known and trying to figure things out. But when my middle child was eight, they were diagnosed with a fairly rare disease. Mm -hmm. And at that point... They like fell headfirst into TV land at the hospital. Oh, yeah, and TV land <laughs> at that point do. was 1990s stuff, yeah. So, you know, I caught a lot of full house and family matters and fresh yeah. prints and um friends, although the kid did not like friends,
0: she always yeah. said that they are not very good friends.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. They're terrible friends, actually. <laughs>
0: So is it kind of crazy, like, you hear something maybe all the time, like, we'll reference, I don't know, I'm just going to say back to the future you know something from that it, do you kind of ever get to like you're watching a movie and you hear something and you're like oh that's what people mean when they say this all and- the time <laughs> that's
2: crazy I mean, or most of the people who are around me know that when I give them this like blank look they uh-huh. need to explain the reference because yeah. they know I just don't get it
1: <laughs> yeah Um. in fact we uh, we did that earlier with the human centipede yeah yeah our precious three dog.
0: I I mean, it's a horror movie. It's like very graphic.
1: Well, the first one and the second one is yeah. the, the third, third one's kind of meh. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it's if you're into horror movies that are kind of gory and just fucked up. It'd probably be watch the you, second but, one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't even watch the first one. Just go right to the but second the one. First
0: one kind of sets it up because the second one, it, the guy's emulating the movie.
1: Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's weird.
0: <laughs> it's hard to describe. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds but like you, it.
1: <laughs> but you use the word cult. Yeah. So, um, you would classify the, um, the, the, you know, you don't see the quotations people, but quotations, uh, commune as like more of a cult,
2: yeah. So, um, we were part of what is now known as the um, the church was part of the independent fundab- fundamental Baptist cult, it is fairly widely known as a cult. Um, you probably heard of Westboro Baptist Church. Yes. yes. We were a little more extreme than them.
0: That's kind of hard to grasp because you see how they like protest at like soldiers funerals and stuff and they are very extreme. So it's hard to picture somebody more extreme than that.
2: Yeah. So for the most part, like we didn't do like the protests and stuff, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, I did protest at like abortion clinics starting at like three and four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sent out we call it soul winning but like talking to people and trying to convince them to come to Jesus from the time I was like in kindergarten first grade sent to knock on random adults houses mm-hmm. which blows my mind now with a as a parent with kids you know yeah. yeah that that just blows my mind but um then you know also like things like um going to like 4th of July, for example, and like handing out these little comic book tracks. I'm sure you've gotten them at Chick work. Tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when we handed them out to people mm-hmm. and, you know, invited them to come to church and we had contests for who could bring the most people to church, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I know that all sounds fairly normal, but it wasn't normal in the way we were doing it. Yeah. Um But in addition to that, you know, there were extreme rules mm-hmm. for those who were inside Um things like how we dressed, mm-hmm. Um, things like what we were allowed to eat and weren't allowed to eat. Things like, um, who we were allowed to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, most of our kids didn't go to public school. Uh, they were homeschooled. Um, and most of our kids weren't allowed to like have friends who were not inside, you know, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and it, it, that can be normal. Mm-hmm. but it can be abnormal um as i have um gotten out and as i have deconstructed what i was raised with mm-hmm. i have come to see that this is a lot different than what you see mm-hmm. other people who are raised in church doing you know at first i thought you know this is just it's just a church and religion's not for me but it's just a church yeah. but then i i see the way that that I was raised being so much different and I see the behavior control, the information Mm -hmm. control, the, you know, all of the different pieces of um, what's known as the bite model Mm -hmm. um, coming into play in my life and hear other people call it out Mm -hmm. as a cult.
0: And I'm able to see that Mm -hmm. a lot better now. So you said there were strict rules on like what you could do and eat. So, if you broke the rules, were was there like a punishment within the house or was it within like the church congregation that it was more like a public kind of punishment or? It could be both. It could mm-hmm. be either. Um, it always started in the home, you
2: know, mm-hmm. especially if nobody else knew, yeah. you know. Um, but like any time something bad would happen, mm-hmm. um, it would be. Where's the sin in your camp? Who's doing mm-hmm. something wrong? And then we would like have to like go through and make sure that nobody was eating the wrong thing and nobody's skirt was two inches too short and, you know, um, all of those things. And that was, that was so programmed into me that when my kid got sick, because I mentioned that a few minutes ago, um, I tried to figure out what I had done to cause it mm-hmm. and bad things just happen, you know, yeah. but that's not something that I was ever raised with having that concept.
0: Yeah. So it was like if something bad happened, like there was a drought, it's something uncontrollable. It came back to, OK, somebody in this group is sinning. And so would it be like people like rushing to tattle on people or
2: there was some of that. But like things like natural disasters were always blamed on the sinners outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, The world is so sinful. God's coming back to put an end to it. Or I'm sure you've heard like Pat Robertson, you know, talk about the homosexuals. It was, it was yeah. a whole lot of that. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's actually the only time I ever heard the words homosexual or gay growing up was mm-hmm. when it was in reference to some sort of a disaster. There was a hurricane in Florida and it must be Disney's fault because, you know, they allowed Ellen to come out or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty deep stuff. On, um, and you know, like, It wasn't, like, in our, like, very distant past that most religions were that strict.
0: Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about, you know, almost like the Salem Witch Trials where, you know— they kind of all tattled on each other and like, I'm only sinning because so-and-so is a witch. And I mean, I guess that's kind of what it just makes me feel like, like, yeah, like you picture it in your head. Yeah.
1: But that kind of makes me feel like, you know, most religions have kind of moved past that way of thinking and it's more, you know, blameless. Than anything else like the weather is You know an act of god Or you know Mm. it's not because somebody's Homosexual so i mean You know and That's the thing about religion and One reason why i'm Kind of one Reason is because the rules Change constantly you know And like It just kind of seems like They've adopted or At least kept the tradition Going old ways is that
2: yeah i mean they're they're very set back into like the 1950s when it was Mm -hmm. the religion was formed this this religion isn't an old one it broke off from the southern baptists you know very early on in Mm the 50s 60s somewhere in there
1: so it's kind of like a baptist sect yeah okay yeah
0: i went to a southern baptist church and that's extreme you know i mean like i had to wear a dress and i had to wear hose and you know
1: yeah so and i mean if you're a southern baptist and you listen to our podcast we apologize but (laughs) at the same time
0: it was shocking for me because i mean i grew up going to church but it just was to me and i don't want to offend anybody it to me it was just normal you know you went in you sang songs. You listened to a sermon. Spoken tongues. No, I was going to say like <laughs> when I went to the Southern Baptist church, it freaked me out because they were speaking in tongues and like rolling on the ground, and so I mean, it was it was a shock to me because yeah. I'd never witnessed that.
1: Yeah, I've been I've... to a sub- Southern Baptist. Uh. uh well, I... <laughs> congregation i guess yeah. and you know it, like they'd all be like just singing songs and then this guy would go well, yeah! and then like everybody like goes nuts yeah. over it
2: <laughs> yeah so the the ifb broke off of the southern baptists because mm. they were too liberal
1: yeah yeah um, um oh so they're a bit more like conservative a lot and, more conservative than
2: the southern baptists okay um Things like your skirts had to be, like, below the mid-calf,
1: um, mm-hmm. you know. They took the spare the rod, spoil the child shit a lot more seriously.
2: Oh, yeah. So there were a lot of times where somebody else in the church, you'd be doing something relatively innocent kid stuff. Somebody else in the church would be like, go out back and pick a switch. And if you didn't pick the right one, and this person would swat you till you were bleeding or, you know, if you didn't pick the right one. Mm-hmm. They took you back out. They got another one, and then you got hit with both of them. And this would just be some random person in the church, not even mm-hmm. my parents or my grandparents or aunts or whatever.
0: So it's kind of more of like a communal raising of the children, trying to make sure you were behaving the right way. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Um, I uh, now I have spoken with Emery uh, a bit, so I might actually ask some questions that you know may not, um. You know, like, for example, um I've heard Emery we've spoken about a cry room, yeah, um is that something you'd feel comfortable talking about?
2: so are we talking about like the cry room at church or? yeah
1: at your in your um commune or okay, so yeah. we
2: had we had what we called a crying bench, I think that might okay. be what you're referring to, yeah,
1: they could be what I'm um, thinking of,
2: so like if I would get upset. And it was it was pretty much particular to me. And at least growing up, I was very emotional. Mm-hmm. Still am to an extent. But um, I would be sent out to sit on this bench. Now, this bench was a good quarter mile or so from the house. I mean, it was, it was a good walk. I mean, I look at out there now and I can't imagine being forced to walk that as a child. But this would happen as young as two or three years old. It was closer to actually a creek mm-hmm. and beehives than it was to the house. Both of which could be very dangerous for a two, three, four-year-old kid. Um, And nobody supervising. So I could have wandered away pretty easily. And I was left out there sometimes for hours.
1: That's terrible. Um, And what was the purpose? Because they just didn't want to deal with a crying child.
2: They wanted me to learn how to calm myself down, which can be very useful. But you have to teach a child skills before they can just do that. So were they against showing emotion or... Negative emotion. Um, okay, we were very much taught, um, especially children who were socialized female, were taught to keep sweet, mm-hmm. constantly have a smile. You know, don't yeah. ever show any negative emotion. All of those things,
0: kind of like that nineteen fifties like housewife, where you put on your perfect dress and your pearl necklace, and dinner's ready, and you have a smile on your face, and you do it because that's your duty that's that exactly <laughs> what I was raised to be
1: <laughs> okay yeah so that's so you were raised to be a subservient housewife mm-hmm. and that's basically what your job was in their in their eyes correct yeah. um, well um, let's fast forward a little bit so um, now um, that part of you is dead mm-hmm Um, and you are now living life as Emery, yes. And um, you no longer have ties to that way of living, correct? You're no longer a subservient wife, um, that part of you is dead, and you are living life as a man, yes, yeah. Um so um, your pronouns, do you identify as he, him, they, them? I use he and they. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wait,
0: you did fast forward a little far because I do have one question. Oh, no,
1: no, no. We're kind of – Okay. We're going to go back and forth. But okay. you know, I just kind of wanted to explain okay. a little bit of what was going on. <laughs>
0: um, Sorry. Sorry. No, it's okay.
1: Um, <laughs> I just wanted to fast forward to that part. So okay. since we're saying that Emery grew up as a subservient – Okay. You know, I get it. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to preface that uh, he is now living life as a man and um, doing badass at it, too, by the way. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So go ahead with your question.
0: Well, I thought you were like skimming way ahead. I I had a question because you said you escaped the cult Mm -hmm. and I've watched things kind of about – Scientology and other cults like that Where it is very much a planned escape Where you have to like sneak out in the middle of the night Nobody knows you're leaving You can't take anything Is that the kind of escaping you had to do? Yeah, so I left with my kids The clothes on our backs mm-hmm.
2: Pack of diapers And two car seats um, We didn't have shoes um, mm-hmm. Didn't have anything when I left And I walked to the police station and I told them I needed to get out of there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And they took a look at me and called an ambulance and sent me to the hospital. Um, at which point my family figured out where I was and started calling and trying to get me to come back. Mm-hmm. But the hospital got me out of there mm-hmm. and sent me to Akron, where I stayed in the batter bone shelter for mm-hmm. a period of several months before so they helped me get housed and jobs and all of that. So, so they protected you, so they couldn't yeah. well at the time uh Summit County Battered Women's Shelter was a secret location. So nobody knew where I was. Today mm-hmm. it is not, and I worry about people who are trying to escape now.
0: Yeah. So had a lot of people escaped before you? Is it kind of pretty common or do most people will stay within the cult or
2: So when you leave, you lose everything that you've ever had. You Mm -hmm. lose your church, you lose your support system, you lose your family and you are pretty well love bombed to stay there, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's not frequent that people leave um, because of that level of, of control that they exert over you, you know, and that, you know, this belief that bad things are going to happen to your family if you leave or, you know, this belief that, that you're not going to be able to make it on your own. You mm-hmm. know, you've been raised in such a way that the, the phrase, you know, I can't, but we can drives me crazy because mm-hmm. it was drilled into my head. You know, mm-hmm. you can't do anything on your own. We can only succeed as a community. Yeah. We can only succeed if, you know, the only measure of success is how many souls you're winning for Jesus and how you're bringing people into our group. And they're not really one for Jesus unless they're at our church yeah. because we're the only ones that have the correct way of doing it so it was it was very much if you left Mm -hmm. you were cut off from all support Mm -hmm. um the only contact i ever have with my family for the most part is just trying to bring me back in trying to get me to leave my addiction behind Mm -hmm. um my addiction being my gender identity and uh sexual orientation Mm -hmm. um and um like my son got married last week my oldest and i was at the wedding. But I'm not in any of the photos. Not in a single photo that they took.
1: Yeah, I noticed that.
0: Yeah. Is he Is he back in the...
2: He's not in the same group that I left. Mm-hmm. He is in... Because, like, my entire family is out of there now. Mm-hmm. But they're in a very similar church-type group. Okay. Um, And so all three of my children have gone back. I kept my youngest two out for a little longer, but my, all three of my kids are, are kind of back inside.
1: Well, that's, uh, kind of depressing actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you fought so hard to get away from there and then they're back there. Yeah. Yeah. But <clears throat> I mean that doesn't stop you though from still having a connection with them. Correct. Um you know, I know that you uh I know that you talk about your children all the time, you're always, you know, doing something with them or whatever the case may be. Um does that at all link you back to them? Like back to your family?
2: Sometimes like okay. I said, you know, the yeah. wedding, I was there with, you know, all of them. Or um, when uh, we had that ceremony for Micah the other night, you know, my sister was there and, you know, spent a good portion of dinner afterwards trying to convince me to go to church with her sometime. And
1: <laughs> Well, you like, know, I mean, they got to have souls to go to heaven. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I believe in God. I grew up going to church. I went to a church that you know, kind of at one point said, you know, if you have friends who are gay and you don't try and save them, then you might as well go. You're going to hell, too, because you're sinning, because you're not trying. And I mean, it was nothing like that, you know, you know, like mm -hmm. it was just a regular church. And I think that's when I for me personally, I decided you don't have to go to church to have a relationship with God. You know, like I don't go to church now because I don't. Believe in that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. I have friends who are gay, you know, like I'm not close-minded. I'm not bigoted, you know, like, so it just, it sucks because a lot of people would grow up in that and turn away from religion, period, you know, just because
1: I mean, it was when really you're
0: taught hate, <clears throat> you know, and, like it's so contradictory, you know, and yeah.
1: And it was really up until more recently, I mean, I can remember going back, you know, just regular Baptist church growing up, you know, um, they were the same way, you mm-hmm. know, if you were gay, it was more like a disease. Yeah. That's how they treated it. Yeah. You know, and it was I like, knew, don't want to hang out with that guy.
0: I knew you'll somebody get the gay. who went to like <laughs> conversion camp. Yeah. And oh boy, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, he told me his story, and I mean, I was a teenager when he told me, and he was an adult, and it made me so sad that like to feel like you can't be who you are because you're afraid of X Y Z, you know? Like I I can I think I was like 15 when he told me that, and at 15 16, and I'm just like that sucks. Like <laughs> I'll blow your minds. I'm your age and I spent an entire year at a conversion camp.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I can't believe Fantastic. Those <laughs> still ex- I can't believe they still exist. I mean, it's
1: well, they don't do anything. I mean, they repress feelings and it's just going to, it's just going to make somebody act out even worse later in life. I mean, I think you know? like,
0: aren't there like high, like suicide rates for yeah. people who've got, who've gone through mm-hmm. them. Oh, yeah. And I mean, because you, You can't change that. You You can't change
1: the way somebody is. Yeah. And
0: if you're being told that, like, no, that's bad, but you can't change that yourself. I mean, it's.
1: Right. And that actually uh, Liz had a question based on what we were just talking about um, that we've asked you in the past. Um, But, uh, you know. The question that you had for Emory.
0: Oh, and I apologize because I, I don't want to use the wrong wording to make it uncomfortable. But I was, you know, your transition. Um, so did you know growing up that you didn't feel like a female? Or do you think that part of that was because of an animosity being raised to be a subservient housewife for? I think that's a complicated question.
2: Um, (laughs) So I didn't have language growing up for that. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the words to say I'm not a girl because Mm -hmm. I didn't know that there was anything else out there. Yeah. And I knew not like as a very young child, Mm -hmm. but As I got older, I knew that I didn't feel like other Mm -hmm. girls in the group. And when I expressed that, it became this whole big thing. And I was 16 when I realized that something was really wrong. Um, And that was... That was when, for me, puberty hit and, you know, things became really wrong. And I ended up um, hurting myself. And after that, when I talked to my parents or, well, actually a counselor that was at the hospital I was taken to talked to my parents, that was when I was sent away to a camp. And I spent most of my senior year in high school there. Mm -hmm. Um, But even then, I didn't have words, you know. The only thing that anybody ever said was that it was same-sex attraction, but that wasn't – that never fit. Yeah. You know, that – I'm not attracted to either gender. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that didn't really fit for me, but I didn't know what else to use. So I Mm -hmm. tried that on for a long time after I left, after I realized, you know, the feelings I had didn't go away. And it wasn't until probably – uh, 10 years after I left mm-hmm. before I had enough words and enough experience to be able to say, this is what's going on.
0: And it's, I mean, in the nineties too, you didn't hear a lot about that, you know, mm-hmm. it was just drag queens and, you know, it, it, I guess, what am I trying to say? It wasn't talked about really, you know, um, wasn't something you mean, like, you heard. Trans,
1: like trans people weren't really.
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think my first kind of. Because you would see, like, obviously, RuPaul's probably like the famous. Mm-hmm. Most, and
1: RuPaul's you know, more of a cross dresser, drag yeah. queen. I mean, you
0: would hear like drag queens and you would think that. But I think. Because
1: I think RuPaul actually identifies as a man. He does. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. Drag.
0: But a lot of people who've been on
2: his show go on to transition mm-hmm. because drag is a good way to try on gender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Drag is a good way to It's it's a, a show It's a, the ability to play with it And it throws out those rules So it's a good way for a lot of people to Come into realizing mm-hmm. This is how I want to live my life This isn't how I just want to act yeah. on stage um, But a lot of your early drag queens mm-hmm. Were actually trans women mm-hmm. And they just didn't have the words for it
0: back yeah. then um, I think probably my First experience really knowing, like, transgender was the bo- the movie Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. And, and the
1: song. Because, come on.
0: No, the cure. Shut up. You can't bring the cure into this. <laughs> <laughs> I will defend them too. But that movie, I think, was probably, like, my first experience with, like, not just, you know, drag queens, just transgender as... A word, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I actually still haven't seen that movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, now you got time and opportunity.
0: And sad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I can handle that right now. <laughs> yeah. I understand.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh to kind of play off of what Liz was talking about. Yeah. I remember growing up, like, transgender was, I mean, you knew about it. You knew what it was
0: but it didn't have but a word but it was wording. more of a
1: yeah and it was more um like it was more of a like a like a taboo you know yeah. than anything mm-hmm. else um i remember you know in my little sexual exploration growing up in the magazines and stuff you know you'd see like meet chicks with dicks and you know like yeah. <laughs> it's just like they didn't have a word for it it was just chicks with dicks or yeah. something yeah. of that nature yeah You know, um, but now they have transgender or they have, you know, um, I don't know. There's a bunch of different ones now. It's, uh, femboys, um, you know, it just depends on, you know, I, I I don't want to say level because that's the wrong word to use, but I'm going to say like the level of it. You know what I mean? Like there's like femboys who are like, they still, they're like sissies, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) No, that's that's no, uh, I, that's I what they say. What he's
2: saying yeah. there. Um,
1: that's what they. That's what they call themselves. They call themselves sissies.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs>
2: that's typically for like like feminine that's, gay men.
1: Yeah, that's like a um, that's like a fetish thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um,
2: yeah. Uh, I think it, it depends on their identity, really. Yeah. Like what they identify as, because there's a lot of a lot of different identities.
1: Oh yeah, no, I I I saw a list. It was long as fuck. It was long as fuck.
0: I will say, you know, because it used to just be like LGB, and then it, you know, I, it's kind of all encompassing now, and it, yeah, there's, it's, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. It's as, as it becomes kind of. You know not a taboo to talk About and you see How many people out there really are And you know like It's It makes me sad to think Back a long you know a long Time ago when people did Feel this way because it's not like a new thing Like all of a sudden like oh hey this is Mm -hmm. But there were people a long time ago Who had that And had to like hide it Or fear for their lives or I mean would be arrested. It was, you know, I mean, a like, crime. What?
1: Like J. Edgar Hoover was a cross dresser, <laughs> you yeah. know? And uh, like I
0: mean well, there my- there are lots of examples of this yeah. history. Yeah. I
1: mean,
2: going all the way back, there were cases in the eighteen and nineteen hundreds, like early nineteen hundreds, mm-hmm. where there were people that lived as a couple where one of them was seen as a man and one of them was seen as a woman and they didn't know until after the one partner died that one of they were both actually assigned female birth yeah so i mean this is it's been there forever yeah we're just now getting the vocabulary and yeah i i try not to look at it as it's sad that those people didn't have it yeah my kids have so many more words than i did and that other people have you know and Mm -hmm. their kids are gonna have even more words Mm -hmm. and that excites me
1: yeah yeah I mean, and we're we're an ever evolving society like I mean,
0: I, my mom went to school with somebody who was gay, but you know obviously then it was still a taboo, you know you, yeah, could, mm-hmm. you know sixties and seventies, you know he grew up, was married, had kids, and then I, he killed himself as an adult because you know he was hiding that part of it. it
1: yeah I mean I'm
0: glad we live in a time, and it, it I know it's still really hard, and it's
1: yes, but there's so much more support now, yeah, than I'm, there used to be, yeah, and that's yeah. that's really what it boils down to is they didn't have the support back then, yeah, because most people were just like it was
0: still it was a crime, yeah, I mean, up until a certain point it was a crime,
1: right, I remember seeing movies from back then, like mm-hmm. just like movies were like. You were gay in the wrong town,
0: yeah, you know
1: and like well, it
2: wasn't until the 1990s that it was legal ever, right right, right.
1: and they I mean they would even they would put it on television, they would put it in you know in movies. and it's strange to look at that time. And think that they weren't more progressive. But yeah, because,
0: the, I mean, the 60s were all
1: about free, free love. love. Yeah.
0: Except. You know, except.
1: I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Audi goes in the innie and that's it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know. But, you know, they the 60s had one thing right. They said love is love. And
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: what it is. That's what it comes down to. Um, You know. As far as it goes nowadays, I don't know. I think it, I, I think like some people just made it gray. Like it's just so fucking gray sometimes. But like when it comes down to it, you just you are who you are. You don't need an identity. You don't need a label. You just are who who you are. And I think some people are a bit more aggressive with their labeling. Is I
2: think it's easy to say you don't need a label when you're a. Uh, s- straight white guy, you know, yeah, in I mean. in a marriage and you've always had a label, Yeah, you know, you've always known what you are mm-hmm. when you're figuring that out, especially younger kids, you know, teenagers, yeah. young adults figuring this out, that aggressive labeling isn't going to be there forever. It's just the, the process of figuring out who they are. Right. Yeah.
1: And, you know, and I don't mean to make it sound like you don't need a label, but like... My point is, is people are pretty aggressive about it. And, you know, I know somebody like me who accepts most people, you know, most people, they got to accept me first. <laughs> um, but somebody like myself who, who does, you know, yes. I grew up in a time where it was just you were a boy or you were a girl, you know, mm-hmm. And. I'm coming around to the thought of well, now you can be this, and you can be that, and you can be something. And I accept that. Um, I didn't understand it ten years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. And I
0: don't think a lot of people understood it even ten years ago, right?
1: But you know, society's changing, and I'm trying to change with it. Um, so when I see stuff like that, they're they're like, well, you know, I don't know. I'm a fertilized plant on Tuesday, you know. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, that's a little too far, you know?
2: (laughs) Like Like I said, I think that's a, it's an exploration thing. It's not a, an issue of they actually think they're a plant. Mm -hmm. It's an issue of, I need to figure out where I am, where my place in this world is because the world doesn't seem like it's a place geared towards me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I think it still is very much geared towards, you know, you're a male or you're a female and, I think I think, you know, at this level, it's being fixed. So, you know, people aren't excluded. And but at this level up here, it still is very, you know, we've. So I think even within the
2: LGBT community, there's a lot of that that still is being worked on. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's a whole group of people who want it to be taken back to LGB. Mm-hmm. They want. You know trans people and People who are There's there's a lot of people who want asexual People not to be in the The acronym or you know Things like that and then also there's A group of trans people who don't want non-binary People under their umbrella and they don't want Yeah so there's just a lot of Inside issues there that as A society as a whole is seeing it And they're saying Mm -hmm. well these people can't even get their own shit Together how are we supposed to accept them
0: Yeah
1: Right on Um, so not only do you have like the societal thing of it, but there's like the inner, the inner LGBTQ community that is just kind of pushing back on all this new, all these new wave of like people that just don't want, don't know what they want or don't, you know, like the non-binary in my opinion, like, I don't know if that's the right way to say it and don't know what they want. It's more like like non-binary is they just don't feel like – or one day they might feel like a man and the next they might feel like a woman.
2: gender fluid. Yeah. Non-binary is I'm not a man. I'm not a woman. Okay. It's it's somewhere in the middle. Um, See,
1: I get confused with non-binary, gender fluid, stuff like that.
2: There's there's so much. Everybody – a lot of people get Mm -hmm. confused. Yeah. It's –
1: you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Sometimes when I get confused, I get angry and things just get broken. I start smashing. <laughs> then it's, it's bad. <laughs> like Fred Flintstone.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm angry. I don't understand it.
1: <laughs> but, uh, so, um, you know who you are. Um, and you've had a hell of a journey on getting there um, from growing up um, as a subservient wife and that person dying Mm -hmm. and you as Emery. um, How are you like, do you have any, like now that you are who you are Mm -hmm. now that you're Emery, do you have any inner conflict at all?
2: I still, I worry sometimes that I'm not enough. I'm not male enough or I'm not, you know, I'm not married. Right. And here I am on a podcast about marriage mm-hmm. and, <laughs> <laughs> you know.
1: You and- have an interesting story. That's why I are on a podcast. And it's not about marriage. It's about life, yeah. you know, and you're, you're part of that. So, I mean, yeah, we do have a lot of...
0: Thank you. Yeah, right? You're you're alive. No,
1: no. but what I'm saying is, like, this isn't exclusively about marriage. Right. This is about people, you know? And you're people, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we do have a lot of couples on here, um, or at least, you know, we've had... So far, two couple couples. Yeah, so far two other <laughs> couples. Um,
0: but generally, we talk more about just our day to day. Yeah,
1: I mean, we're you know that this this show's dynamic is is less about marriage and more about just being badass. You know, and I I think you're pretty badass. Oh, well, take you. You know, I think I am too. <laughs> well, see, and you know. I wouldn't worry about being male enough. You know? Um, there are plenty of males who you could probably say are not male enough. <laughs> you know? I mean and and they were assigned male at birth. Right. You know? I don't
0: mean, get it because I mean, I don't wear makeup. I don't dress all cute and I'm not like a peppy like girly girl.
1: <laughs> you know, like I mean, my mom, when I was fifteen years old, I was so feminine. As a teenager, could you believe that I was a feminine teenager, (laughs) but I was so feminine at 15 years old. She, no, it was 16. She gave me the talk. Do you know what talk that was? You know, honey, if you're gay, I'll totally understand. (laughs) I said, mom, literally four nights ago, I had sex with my girlfriend of four fucking months in the room right next to yours. I'm not gay.
2: <laughs> I don't know that 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 says anything. I've got three kids, so I know. But
1: it was the question, you yeah. know. It was the question. Like if you're gay, like I've never been attracted to a man, you know, never. It's just that's just how it's been, you know. And you like not even Prince, well, maybe Prince. Oh god! Wow. I mean, <laughs> he's just got that voice yeah that swagger oh my god makes my panties drop every time (laughs) every time and and bruce campbell and bruce campbell i just want to stroke his chin
0: oh yeah side story we met bruce campbell and i was like i'm gonna i want to touch his chin i want to touch his chin and Dave's like i would allow you to touch his chin but that's as far as cheating like as far as cheating you could go (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you could touch his
0: chin. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's Bruce Campbell.
0: But then they had that gigantic table between us, so there was, like, no, like...
1: You could have dove over it. <laughs> no. I don't think you fucking wanted it enough.
0: I was <laughs> awestruck by his fucking manager who looked like Seth Rogen. I geeked out more about that dude looking like Seth Rogen. Like, I have pictures of him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so... We've gone over, you know. Your, I, you know, how you feel like you're not enough, but uh, you know, you, honestly, it's how you're meant to feel, you know, like you got to be how you got to be, and, you know, there isn't a a picture of a guy that you just become, you know, you just be who you are, and that's you. You know, um, so um, so it appears that this is going to be a two part episode. And before we wrap this up, I just want to point out that Emery, our guest today, is a twenty five dollar supporter of our Patreon. And as promised, Liz has something to say to you. Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, if you become a Patreon supporter at $25 per month, Liz will personally say thank you, Daddy, on the next recorded episode. <laughs> and for that, I will go ahead and put this to the close. We have been your host. My name is Dave. And I'm Liz. And I want to say a special thank you to Emery. Thank you for being on. We can't wait till next week when thank we you. hear the... The, the dramatic conclusion of your story <laughs> Wink Anyway You guys have yourself a great week
0: See ya